just be thankful that you get to do this, right? This is the life I get to live because Amazon is providing it to me. And yes, there's ups and there's downs, but there's ups and there's downs to everything. I mean, go work for somebody again. That's a down the whole time. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Your Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Kirk, aka Your Selling Guide. I'm a small town girl who took a big risk and quit a steady corporate desk job to travel the US in an RV. Along the way, I started selling on Amazon, grew a seven-figure business, visited all the lower 48 states, bought a farm, and today I am still doing what I love to do, selling on Amazon while helping other sellers do it too. Each week, I will share Amazon tips and tricks and bring in guests to share their stories, expertise, and tips on the platforms that they use. Think of this as a sit-down with your Amazon bestie where you can learn, ask, start, and grow your online selling business. Welcome to Your Selling Pod. Hey crew, and welcome back. I am so excited because today I have a fellow Amazon seller and RVer. Jen has been RVing and selling on Amazon as their main income, which let me tell you, I know it's possible because I've also done it, but I'm excited for you to listen in and hear how Jen got started selling on Amazon. Welcome Jen to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So excited because you are the first RVer that I've talked to on the podcast so far. I've had past RVers, but you are sitting in your RV, which people, if you're watching on YouTube, can tube can see it. And I'm sitting in my RV and it's just so fun. <laughs> Fellow RVers. It's a great lifestyle. <laughs> Have you been RVing? Um, we sold everything we owned and moved into our RV October 2019. So. Oh, nice. Right it's been a minute. Pandemic. <laughs> yes, let's get into like, how did you start Amazon? Um, what did you do before that? Like before you, or what led you to even selling everything and jumping in an RV? Um, I actually started with Jessica, the selling family, uh, January of 2017. It was kind of just like, what can I do for a side hustle? Spice things up in life, right? Get out of the normal routine. Um, I did it for like four months and then I quit. I'm like, I don't have time for this on top of my full-time job. Like I was working 70 hour work weeks and I was like, this is not as easy as it seems it would be. <laughs> so I quit for a while. Um, and then my husband and I, we did a lot of vacationing RVing and we wanted to go full-time. So we made like this 10 year plan of paying off all of our debts, buying our RV and truck outright, um, saving up so much money so we could hit the road full-time. And Amazon kind of came back into play when we were two and a half years into our, our saving up plan. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer and it just made us realize like planning for 10 years from now and you may not even be here. So I jumped back into Amazon in 2019, right after that diagnosis and started like really hitting it hard. Um, funny story was that my very first shipment, I got two IP complaints on RA stuff in 2019. So I went straight books after that. Cause I was like, my account's going to get shut down. This RA thing is not real. You can't do this. <laughs> so I did all books for like a year and a half. And then I ran into you, um, in 2019 doing RA and I was like, okay, maybe I really can't do this. And then I switched, which was so much better because doing books in an RV is impossible. <laughs> were you FBMing them or were you Sending them I was in. FBAing them, but we were sending in nearly 300 to 400 books a week. So, you know, moving in and out 50 pound boxes, you know, 10 or 12 of them a week was exhausting. <laughs> so Ari was like a lifesaver when I, when I went back into it. 
Awesome. So where did you take off from? Um, Oklahoma City. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So not too far from where you are now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's still our home base. We go there during the winter to stay with family and stuff. And then we, we head out for the year come January. So nice. How's your husband doing? Um, he's good. That's kind of, um, we got really lucky on his diagnosis. I don't know if you know, when someone's diagnosed with cancer, it can take a few months to get like a staging where they are. Um, so it took about a month and a half, almost two months until we knew where he was stage wise. And I told my sister during that, like, if he gets diagnosed with stage four, we're just going to hit the road. I don't know how we're going to afford it, how we're going to figure it out. But if he's going to die, like my dream was to do this with him, you know, so we're just going to figure it out and we're going to do it. And she said the the most like meaningful thing anyone could ever say to somebody was why is it that you're willing to make your dreams come true when you're faced with death, but not when you're faced with life. And it was like, it clicked. So his, after his surgery, he did a six month follow-up um, stage one. It didn't spread to lymph nodes or anything. So we were good to go. His six month clear, we sold everything. We got in an RV and we're like, we'll figure it out as we go. And Amazon's been the way we've been figuring it out as we go. That's awesome. That literally, you gave me chills as you were saying that, because that's so true. Like, why does it take yes. something like that to just live your life how you want? But that's right. I'm like, glad you get you one guys... go around, you know, you got to make the most of it. Yeah, I'm glad you guys went for it and are loving it. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, he he just had his, his checkup. He's on six month checkups right now. And he just had a checkup three months ago. And we're still we're still clear at this point. It doesn't seem like it's come back. So we're just living life. <laughs> That's awesome. Congrats to you guys. Okay, so now back to books, because I have a lot of questions and I don't talk to a lot of people who do books. How are you sourcing them? Thrift stores. So mostly thrift stores. And we did a lot of Colorado that year, which they have um, the ARC thrift stores. Man, you can just like be there for days and come home with 500,000 books. It's insane. But yes, mostly thrift stores. Um, when I found you, I was actually in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, where there was like one thrift store every three hour drive, you know, and I was like, I'm never going to be able to continue to do this. Like now that we've moved out of, and then I found your videos and I was like, okay, she's doing this and she is doing it good. Right. Like I can do this too. So then I started going to the stores right then Cause I had no thrift stores. It was like, just when I need, when I needed you, I found you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love Wyoming, but yeah, that was, it's more of a vacation state because there's not a lot of. There's like nothing out there. Yes. <laughs> so do you still sell books? Is it still part of your model? Nope. Like three months after I started doing RA again, I gave up books altogether. I mean, and I'm sure the UPS stores are so glad I did because I literally, every box weighed 48 pounds. So you'd bring in all these small boxes because that's all you can do. And they're like, what do you have in here, bricks? Practically. <laughs> One of the reasons I love selling on while traveling it's because you can like replen stuff for longer right so you're not so easily. clearing out your yeah you're not clearing out your just yes. one local place you can go now i'm in the next city now i'm in the next town and i i don't talk about it a lot because you know i'm not there's very few of us probably actually doing that but right. it is one perk <laughs> it is a big perk especially like when i move into like a town where it's too far away from bigger cities that people aren't willing to drive and you can tell there's nobody there because there's not enough to sustain them and you walk in and you find like that big ticket item you were selling six months ago sitting on the shelf like I thought I was never gonna find these again <laughs> like right? it is such a perk I love it <laughs> yeah it's one of the best things 
Um, so where are you at currently? I don't know if I asked you that. We are actually like you fall us. So we're getting closer to heading home. Um, oh, nice. we do, we do trigger treating with our nephews. So we have to be home by Halloween. So oh, nice. that's what that's we're fun. working on. <laughs> so when you started to get back into Amazon or even when you first kind of started it, did you have like a set amount of money that you were willing to invest in it or how did you go about starting? Well, um, I started with $1,750. Um, and that was that first month I was doing RA before I got my IP complaints. I put in another $500 like pretty quickly because I just realized there was so much stuff that I could buy. Um, and then I got my first two IP complaints and then I stopped. I was like, okay, reevaluate. Like, I don't want to be putting all this money and then lose my whole account. So then I went to books, which are super cheap. I mean, it's really hard to spend a lot of money on books. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what I meant to ask you what the IPs were. Do you remember what the brands were? I don't even remember. And I tried to go back and look at my account and I can't even find them. Like, it's from oh, so yeah. long ago, but I don't even, it wasn't Lucetta. I learned yeah. from you. <laughs> that one, the devil. <laughs> There's, um, I, I got two pretty early on from TJ Maxx. I think it was Argon Magic and like, one of the weird skin it's like it has a brand but it's kind of only ever seen at tj maxx brand i can't remember what it was but it was one of those like no name it's always seems to be the beauty ones for me right yeah i don't i'm not as afraid of them anymore as i used to be <laughs> yeah so at what point did you start to pull out a profit or have you um it wasn't until it was a good year i think books are a lot slower to build you know, you have to have a lot in there and you are selling cheaper because you're buying it for 27 cents. So it took a while to really build my account up to where I wanted it to be. Um, I feel like I probably went back into RA again before I even started pulling out a profit. Oh, nice. So is, does your husband help you? Or are you, is this? He does like now. Um, he got laid off of his job of 24 years shortly after we hit the road. We weren't expecting that. Oh, but uh, yeah, now now I force him into prep, you know, peeling stickers and stuff that I hate doing. So you're, are you living um, basically off Amazon? Like that's your sole or main that's income? Our, that's our only source of income. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I that's what I'm always telling everyone. There was a time... Um, my, my roommate Damien also got let go from his job while we're on the road. And so this Amazon was paying for both half of the bills for a while there. So it definitely right. worked and can work. <laughs> yes. Yes. One of the questions I get asked a lot, not so much anymore, but I used to get asked a lot was like where, what I do about my address. And so I always just used the nearest UPS store to where we were at as the address. Cause I figured if a shipment should come back up back to me, an FBA shipment, then like that would be the safest place versus a campground. So do you right. do the same thing or how do you manage your address? I do because we stay almost all state parks or Corps of engineers. Like they don't accept mail um, for you. So um, I always use the UPS store I'm dropping off at, the one I'm actually utilizing to ship out. And then on my name, I put my name and a phone number in hopes that if a box ever got stranded there, that they would have an ability to like call me like we have this weird package for you if they happen to notice. And then maybe I could pay for them to ship it or something. But in all the years I've been doing this since 2019, I haven't ever had one go back. So 
Yeah, me either. I never had that issue. But I also did not really FBM. I'm and when I did, so I had um for RVers, if you didn't know, there's like companies around they're usually in texas florida or south dakota that will let you have like a mailbox basically you do your residency there so i used to yep. use that address for fbm when i would do it every once in a while do you do any fbm I do um and yeah i have a mailing service that we use and i use their address so if anything goes back then i'm notified by them like this package was returned or whatever so i have an idea yeah, that that's what happened. Like things would show up and I'm like, oh, what's that? And but luckily Amazon will auto refund. I mean, luckily and unluckily after two days. So after right. two days sitting there, the customer got their refund. But it makes things interesting trying to get your yes. mail. But <laughs> it's <definitely> possible. <laughs> I think we get into this misconception that like everybody just uses the program the exact same way you use it. Like, <laughs> so I just like on your live hangouts or your YouTubes, you know, like I realize people don't utilize it the exact same way I utilize it, which is crazy to me. Um, I think I have it down to a science personally, not to toot my own horn, but I am all about working smarter, not harder, like always finding the fastest way from point A to point B without as much fluff as possible in the middle. So um, in the group, the Bolo group, somebody had asked about it and I had said something about how I use inventory lab and they were like, what, do you have a video training on how to do this? And then it made me realize like, okay, maybe people don't use it the same way. Q4 is here. It is the best time of the year as an Amazon seller. But if you don't know what's going on with your profits, your money, your business, do you really know if that business and product is making any money? This is why I love Sellerboard and why I've partnered with them on the Your Selling Podcast. Sellerboard truly is the best way for an Amazon seller to see their true business, how much profit you're making on a product, and better yet, why I love it. It forecasts out your total sales for the month, and you can see by quarter, by month, or by the entire year how much money your items are making you we all know different things come up in Amazon business from returns to various Amazon fees. All of it is broken down in Sellerboard because like I've said, if you don't know your business numbers, you don't know what's going on. And as new small business owners, we often, that's the area that gets fallen behind because we truly don't totally understand it. So why not use this software to fully understand what's going on? Sellerboard is offering my listeners two months free, no credit card required. All you got to do is head to yoursellingguide.com slash sellerboardprofit and sign up. Again, you just log into your Amazon account in Sellerboard and everything is pulled over, including all your past items you've ever had. Enter in your cost of goods and finally you will see the true profit picture of what's going on in your business. Again, try it two months free at yoursellingguide.com slash sellerboardprofit and really understand your business this Q4. You might have been part of it. It was one of the hangouts in the, um, I think it was the secret or it was last Q4. I can't remember, but we realized like how I use it is different than somehow someone else. Use. And there's like literally three different people going, no, I use it this way. And I, you just, I did not realize there were other ways to use it. There's so many ways, crazy. right? <laughs> so I only ever did one shipment, all of my history of Amazon in seller central. And like my husband and I can remember it back in 2019 and we had these stacks of books everywhere and we're like looking for one book 
assigned to box one, looking for another book assigned to box one, you know, like filling up this box. And I was like, this takes forever. And then I did inventory lab and I was like, I will never do that again. And I literally have never <laughs> done another yeah. seller central like box content and inventory lab will save your life. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was one of those hangouts where some, they were literally showing us how they do it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, did not know this existed, it's but I'm one of those, like, I'm a creature of habit. So I did try it one time, the box contents. Um, but because of the way I pack up in the RV is I'll pack everything, prep it and throw it into one box. And then I work out of the other box and like vice versa. So it got to, I don't have enough room. But when I get into that warehouse, I'm going to do it because I'm tired I'm of telling you, Amazon. you have <laughs> enough room. <laughs> you don't I, know you have enough room, but you're just not doing it right. <laughs> no. I, that's why the creature of habit where it was, it was really hard for mm -hmm. me to switch to inventory lab. I did seller central for, I don't know, five years. And then, but now I absolutely love it. And now I do it where I finish everything. I don't even have to go into seller central at all, which is amazing. That is so great since they've done that for sure. Yeah. So I used um, the Scoutify app to do my sourcing because I use a Bluetooth scanner. So I cannot stand using my phone's camera to scan stuff. I feel like I'm there all day. Like it was actually funny. My mom and I ran to Walmart the other day and they had toy clearance and she was like, well, you better scan while we're here. And I was like, okay, but well, I didn't go planning on sourcing. So I have nothing with me, you know, so I'm just using my phone and she's like, I thought you were a professional. This is taking forever. And I'm like, I feel the same way. And you've never even seen me source with a scanner. So I don't know how you guys do your phones. Props to you. <laughs> but that is so funny. Same thing. I don't know how you do it with the blue. That's just, there's so many ways to sell on Amazon, so many different ways to scan, so many different things to source. It's just yes. crazy how everything yes. is different. <laughs> the best thing about a Bluetooth scanner and Scoutify is that you don't have to wait for the product page to finish loading to scan the next product. So it's like, as it's loading, you can see first, like how much it's selling for, how much you need to be able to buy it for in the rank. And if it's already like, no, go scan the next thing. You don't even have to wait for it to continue loading. So it saves you so much time in just a split second. I can scan, 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 and literally have five products on in five seconds. Like where the phone app, I swear the camera takes five seconds just to focus. <laughs> How do you do it with the, like, if, like I scan things like the front, like I'm taking a photo of it to scan the package. That's, you have to go back to the Amazon app. So okay. I honestly downfall to my business and you, you know, I, I took a pause on RA last year and tried to do OA. That's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just recently went back to RA again and I'm watching your videos again. I'm like, oh yeah, I really need to do that because that. 10 seconds it takes to scan the front, find so much more stuff, you know, rather than just barcodes. But yeah, you do have to go back to the Amazon app to scan fronts of products. So um, now tell me about your OA journey. Were you going to use a prep center and all that? I did use a prep center. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily them that was the problem. It was just kind of too slow on telling me like, they got damaged products or, you know, stuff like that. It was just like one after another in nickel and diving you for every little thing. Um, so last year I hired my sister on, she's in Oklahoma city and she is now doing my pep and pack for, um, 
my Q4 stuff when I'm there. I can't wait to get home so I can just hand everything <laughs> off to her. <laughs> um, and my OA stuff. But still, it's just a whole nother learning curve. I think like once you're in a niche, whether that be RA, OA, private label, wholesale, like, and you know your niche, that learning curve is steep on any of them. But once you get past it and then you switch to another one, you have to go through the whole learning curve again, you know, and that learning curve for OA for me was steep. Just the amount of people who come on the listings, the amount of people that tank the pricing, like it's a whole different ballgame than RA. So I went back. Were you using tactical arbitrage or were you using um, just like manual scanning, basically? I was doing mainly lead lists and rabbit trailing and tactical oh, okay. arbitrage. So a mix of those. But yeah, I did. Uh, I tried when I broke my leg last year, I tried to get into OA and I just I can't. The learning curve is steep. And also, I just I don't like it. I would rather be. So I've kind of like. I'll do it here and there. I do it a lot during Q4, but I'm always just replenishing stuff, basically, like stuff right. that I bought in store kind of thing. So it's just not for me. And it, I don't think it's for everyone. Um, but I know some people in the Bolo group that just love OA and that's love what it. they mainly do. And I'm always like just amazed Ow. that they can <laughs> yeah. do it and love it because I think the worst is my ADHD. Like, I like squirrel constantly. Like I'll sit down, like, okay, we're getting into a focus session. And I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't start the laundry. <laughs> I did it like, you know, and then I'm all over the place. And before I know it, it's 5 PM and I haven't got any work done where when I go to the store, it's like, okay, I'm out at the store and we're doing nothing else. We're just going to hit this hard, no distractions. So it's a different ball game for it. Oh, that's probably the same as me because I do the same thing. I'll go like, oh, this. And then I'm like trying to analyze like five different products at once. And I don't sit and do the one or I just, oh, this is cute. Do I want this for myself? It just goes crazy. But yeah, in <laughs> store, focused. Focused. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, do you use Seller Amp? Was that the one you were talking that you? Yes. So on Inventory Lab, I just wanted to say. The, one of the biggest things I use for Inventory Lab that I think saves a lot of time, and I didn't even do this for the first two years, um, is buy list. So when I'm in the store, I add all my products to a buy list right there. It takes me like an extra two seconds. It's literally two buttons to add it. And then I upload that in, into Inventory Lab when I get home. So it has all of my buy costs in there. It has the store in there. I can make it make my SKUs for me. And it's just really fast instead of coming home and then like re-entering, going through all of those products again to enter them into um, Inventory Lab. It's literally just upload and all everything that I bought that day is already in inventory lab in less than two minutes. Like, I think that's the biggest feature that people miss out on using is, is the buy list. Yeah. I, it's so funny you say that. I know a lot of people really love the buy list. I don't use Scoutify. So Scoutify is um, free with your inventory labs. I use it when the Amazon app is down, <laughs> but most of the time I'm just <laughs> using the Amazon app. Um, however, I did try the buy list. That's another thing. I've tried it once. I'm too impatient in store. I don't want to sit and add all the stuff, but I know you're like, it's not really that much longer. <laughs> no, it just saves you so much time. I just think about all the shipments I've ever done that I come home and I'm like, rescan all the products, enter my buy costs, enter the store, make my skew. And I'm like, I would spend like five to 10 hours a week. I swear just doing that. And now it's like a couple extra seconds in the store on every product and I'm done like two minutes at home and it's ready to go. <laughs> I think I'm going to try it um, next time. I not, I can't do it 
I can't commit to doing it for a whole like when I go out all 12 hours or whatever. But the next time I have like a half day sourcing, I'm going to try it again because I could use the rest of the day that I had to pack if I saved that time over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And the best thing about it is it's a running tally for you when you're in the store too. So when they ring up your products, you very quickly will know like just about how much this bill should be. And if it's off, you're going to know instantly like, no, you overrank something or something didn't ring up right. Or that's another thing I really like about using the buy list is I can go to the register and say, okay, I know this is going to be $500. And it's like, no, it's 520. No, nah, you got something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Um, what do you use any other softwares or anything like that? Or is inventory up your main one? So I do use seller amp. Um, and I, I just love seller amp. It really does give you a good breakdown of all your, your stuff. Like you say all the time, like just to know what you're really making. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to think, you know, what you're making. It's another thing to see what you're really making, you know, for the, you can look up like stores, like particular stores, if you put it in your SKU and stuff and you can really break things down. Um, so it's, I know inventory lab does that. It's just not as clean and it's not as real numbers as, um, seller amp. One thing in your group that I see all the time is are people asking about like how they change their prices or add their cost of goods in there. Um, and everybody replies this, the way that I used to do it. And I don't know if everyone knows that you could actually import all of that information and update all of your inventory at once, especially if you have inventory lab. It's really simple to do, even though they don't talk to each other. So have you ever done it this way? Are we talking about seller board? Oh, sorry. Yes. Because no. I was like, wait a No, it's okay. But I was like, wait a second. This sounds like seller yes, board. Yes, seller board. <laughs> okay, yes. Sorry. So it's making more sense. No, I've never imported it. So how are you doing this? <laughs> okay. So um, when you're in seller board and you're in your products page where you would normally put your cost of goods in, very bottom, there's an import, export, or show hidden buttons. If you hit the import, it'll actually give you a pop-up window that has their template. So you click on the template and download it. And then it's really just three um, columns that you have to put in. You have to put in the ASIN, the SKU, and the cost of goods. So what I'll do is I'll download my inventory report in Inventory Lab and then just copy those fields and paste it over into their template and then upload it. So you can do hundreds, you can do thousands of cost of goods in seconds. Like I do it usually once a week or once every two weeks, just depending on what's going on that week. But it takes me like a whole five minutes and I update all of the stuff I've sent in in the last two weeks at once. I'm going to do that. Yep. Right after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things that you think like everybody knows how to do this. Right. And like, I just remember all the time I spent updating one product at a time and saving, you know, like, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I'm going to do that. The other thing um, I still haven't, I know you can do it. I haven't done it myself yet is changing the cost, like adding a second um, cost. So if you bought it from Walmart for $9.99, but Target's is $11.99, you can update your buy costs. But do you know how to do that yet? I don't, but I also use new SKUs for everything. So yeah, that's what I do too. So that I've ever bought a product like because I don't shop Target and I barely shop Walmart. <laughs> so um, I don't think I've ever bought like the same product at two different places. 
while still having inventory in stock. So I never replenish with the old SKU if it's sold out. I've created a new SKU every time. So in inventory lab or in seller board, because it's a different SKU, it always has a different available pricing. Does that make sense? Yep, I do that too. Um, and it's very rare that I find something that, except for last year when inflation, everything went up like a dollar, but even at like Tuesday morning, but it's rare that something is different. I guess you'll have to do a video and show us how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure it. I just know you can because people are talking about it, but it's like such a small amount of my products that I don't, I haven't really sat to figure it out. I should though. <laughs> right, right. I did figure out how to use, so I'm making bundles and I figured out how, or I, I it's not hard to figure out. It's right there for you. But the automation where it gets, um, they'll solicit product page reviews not seller reviews but product page reviews so i my bundles all have five stars because um seller board is just automatically sending out those requests so <laughs> there's thing. so many features to seller board too i think it's like it's like a lot of the programs i've used in the past i just scratched the surface i don't even utilize majority of what's in there but if you really stop and look at what's in seller board it's just like oh my gosh i'm not utilizing this program at all it does eBay too. I just saw they have Shopify integration. Um, I don't, I have eBay, but I don't, it's like one product list of theirs. So it's nothing to like, but when I get more, cause I need to use eBay to offload some of these bad buys I have. Um, right. What do you do with stuff like that's gone stranded or whatever at the warehouse? I know I used to just dispose of it, but do you ask for it back? Um, for a while, I was sending it to my mailing company and then having them send it back to me, which is like double the cost, right? Because you pay Amazon to send it to you and then you pay them to send it to you too. Um, now that my sister's on board with me, I send everything to her and I let her figure out if it's really sellable and send it back in or donate it for the most part. I keep saying I'm going to start eBay, but I just don't have the patience or time, I swear. I mean, I probably do have the time, but you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how that's why I ended up because I was kind of asking for them back, but then they would go back to the mail place. And then yeah, I would have to pay for it again to be wherever I was. So I ended up just like disposing of them. Um, now I ask for them back. And I always recommend people because I realized how like, most of these things are perfectly fine. Yes, especially if you sell clothing. Amazon just loves to market unsellable for whatever reason. And then you get it back and it's like perfectly fine. Like tags are still on it. Like barely even out of the poly bag. I don't understand, but yeah. Yep. I'm just relisted and throw it back in the next shipment. It's really weird. Yep. Did you know that seller board has a replen dashboard too? I think I was clicking around in there. There is a, there is a planner under the inventory under planner and it'll actually tell you like how many you should buy of your good selling things. So I think that's another thing that a lot of people pay additional for, um, you know, some kind of replans to track, but it has its own dashboard and it is kind of helpful for you, especially if it's something that you can get over and over and over again, just to see. And it'll tell you like, you should buy 30 of these and send them in. Like, I wonder if that's, I, that would be my guess is that's where you can replen and add a different buy cost. That was, have to that would probably that. make sense. <laughs> um, so how many states have you been to so far? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> we plan to do this for the rest of our lives, you know, as, as long as we can. So we're real slow RVers. We do like two states a year and we do like the whole state. So oh, that's awesome. Instead of running all over the place we really get a feel for the area um there's not enough pins on my map but we've done arizona 
um, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas, some of Missouri, Oklahoma, a little bit of Kansas. <laughs> nice. So what are your favorite stores to source at? Oh, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, Ross. I mean, the profit's really there, right? Like, yeah. how can you pass those stores up? Those are also my I, favorite. I was wondering if you had any like regionals or something that you like. And most of the time we do two week stays and then we move. So most of the time I get to do what I call speed shopping. It's so much fun because there's just too many stores for me to source in the two weeks I'm there. So I'll literally like hit all the good stores where you make the most profits, right? Ross, Burlington, TJ Maxx, Marshalls. And I'll only hit the departments that make the most money in those particular stores, you know, because not everything in every store. So the speed shopping is so much fun. I'll be like in and out in less than 30 minutes, but I walk out with like bags of stuff from that one section. And at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got 500 products today in this one shopping day. Like speed sourcing is fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was I going to ask next? Let's see, this is the problem. I need, I meant to, I need a little notepad I can write in. So I remember my question. <laughs> I had a question and then she kept talking. <laughs> oh, this week, specifically for me anyways, Amazon has been incredibly frustrating. So how do you deal with things that pop up or just that happen that you get frustrated either from Amazon or just like a bad sourcing day, all that kind of stuff that comes with being a business owner? Oh my, this is like, I think it's easier for me than it is for a lot of people because my reason why you have to know your reason why, right? Like at the end of the day, especially when you get super frustrated and you're like, is this all worth it? Why are you doing it in the first place? And I get that reminder every day when I look outside, like this is why I'm doing it is to be here, to be able to live this lifestyle freedom, like just embrace it, embrace the suck as some people say in the, in the community, right? And just just be thankful that you get to do this, right? This is the life I get to live because Amazon is providing it to me. And yes, there's ups and there's downs, but there's ups and there's downs to everything. I mean, go work for somebody again. That's a down the whole time. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was never, I mean, I was a great employee, but I just, mm -hmm. I didn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I always wanted to be an entrepreneur or some, have my own company of some sort. And it just so happened that Amazon like, led the way to that so yeah i did so many entrepreneur avenues you know between the pyramid scheme sellings sensi all those kind of businesses i tried it all my husband's like you were just destined to always be your own boss i said i know and i was an excellent employee don't get me wrong but i don't think i could ever go back to it i think i'd be a terrible employee now <laughs> right i always say like if i ever went back um and there are days when i'm like i wish i could just clock out and like be like you know at the end of the day clock out or whatever but there um, are days I, I quit don't get me wrong i like <laughs> throw everything down like i quit i'm done with this and then the next morning i'm like okay log back in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i'm like i think i could wear Costco, like stocking shelves like i stocked shelves at like it's called bymart in oregon um a little store and I, that was my favorite job. If I look back at my favorite job, literally getting all this, it's probably why I like Amazon, getting all the stuff and stocking, seeing it all when it comes in and then putting it on the shelf was so fun. <laughs> yep. But I don't know. I think once you've done this, I don't think you can get it out of your blood. It's kind of right. like, can you walk into a store without looking for profit? <laughs> no. And sometimes no. I'm just trying to be fast and it doesn't yep. work. <laughs> like, 
I run to Walmart with my mom. And next thing you know, we're standing there for an hour scanning toys. You know, we walk out with $400 in profit. <laughs> like, yeah. That wasn't what was supposed to happen, but it's in my blood now. Right? <laughs> it's a disease. That's, so funny. that's awesome, though, that your everyone family's on board, because I know some people that's not the case. And they're like, really, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> so we've kind of already touched on it, but if you had to pick one of the best things about being your own boss and then one of the worst and the worst can't be taxes. <laughs> Can they be the same? Cause they are yeah. the same. <laughs> Absolute best thing about this is the freedom to be your own boss, to make your own schedule, to come and go as you please. You know, we move into a place that's just like, um, we are at the grand Canyon earlier this year and it was like no work time whatsoever because I'm like I'm just going to take this entire 10 days off and I'm going to enjoy the Grand Canyon every day right but that's also the downside of this business is being structured enough to work because nobody's forcing you there's no clock that you need to punch you know and like before you know it 10 days has gone by and you're like I literally have done nothing like this is not (laughs) sustainable you need to get to work so it is the best and the worst part of it Nice. Yeah, I agree because um, I'm going, I'm flying to Oregon next week to go source grocery outlet again. And I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to film this pod, not this podcast, another podcast. And I'm supposed to do this thing and I have to edit this thing so I don't have to edit it next week. And then I'm like, well, I can probably do that the week I get back. So I just push things off. Procrastination at its best. (laughs) But at the end of the day, since we are the ones who have to get the stuff done, if we don't show up, it doesn't get done. But we have that flexibility. I have to tell myself that. Like, it's okay. You could do this later. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Sometimes when your sales are going, like, slowing because you haven't been sourcing in a while, then mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I got to get out there. That feeding the beast thing is real. Like, you literally miss a week or two and you feel it for the next four or six, you know, like. It is important that you just have to stay on it. So since you started with books, I know a lot of other sellers um, look to books to start and all that. What would be your advice if maybe someone's selling books or they're thinking about selling books as to why RA might be better option? A lot of things with Amazon. That game has really changed since I did it back in 2019 or 20. Yeah, 2019, I guess. Um, One, you're limited on your storage which books is a, is a massive game. Like you have to have a lot in there. Um, and it's a long-term game. So they have to sit for a long time. It can be, you know, six, nine, 12 months until you sell a book. And Amazon's really changed that aspect of it with their long-term storage fee starting at six months now. Um, so I haven't been in the book community for a while, but I imagine that it's really um, more of a struggle. You can't just like send in hundreds at once. So that's where RA is a little bit better is you, you have a better idea of how quickly your product's going to sell, how long it might sit for. Um, and they usually turn a lot faster than books do. So definitely a better game and it doesn't weigh as much. <laughs> that's one of the thing I always like when you're trying selling on Amazon and you're only really focusing on books, um, I see how it's easier to give up and or say it doesn't work because a lot of people want it to work fast. And Amazon is not in any way a get rich or quick or get rich at all thing. But right. it, but you need to sell the hotter, more popular items in order to get your money back faster, obviously, right? Because you're not getting paid until it comes back. And so books and even new sellers make mistakes about high ranking products or they just don't know to look at the rank. And so 
if you're thinking your business isn't working, I'm always like, look at what you're selling and buying to sell because it might be that. And I know books are slow and it's also really hard to find books. I've scanned every once in a while and they're hard to find unless you go thrifting. Yes. And it's the app you're using too. There is a really good book scouting app. Honestly, I don't know if it's still around. I imagine it has to be, <laughs> um, but it's specifically just for books. So it doesn't give you information on anything else. It's just looking at the stats on books. But um, that's the thing is a lot of it is just lowballing. So you are buying it for 10 cents, which isn't a lot of investment, but you might only sell it for $10. And then after all the fees, you're getting like a dollar, which is like awesome ROI, right? But how many books do you have to sell to make $100, $500, right? It's it's a lot. Um, there are the one-offs if you go searching for them. I mean, I did books for over a year and I only found like three in that year where you buy it for 27 cents and you sell it for 250. And those are like really celebratory, but they're few and far in between, right? So RA is just more of a model that's sustainable, um, more growth opportunity in it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. I need to talk to other Amazon RVers because it's just like, it's it's like we were talking about how there's a million different ways to use Inventory Lab. It's like when you're talking to someone who's selling kind of the same way in an RV traveling, there's like just a little bit something different there. Uh, there is something different. <laughs> thank you for coming on. For those of you in my community, you can find Jen Skelton in the Bolo group and probably some other groups. I'm not really sure what all ones you're in, but yeah. <laughs> I'm around. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you in the group. All right. Thanks for having me. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to join Jen and I, you can find us in my retail arbitrage Bolo group. You can learn more or sign up at yoursellingguide.com slash Bolo. It's a very awesome community of sellers. I know you will enjoy it. You'll find leads to source and community to connect with, learn, and grow your Amazon business. If you would like to be a guest on this podcast, I would love to have you. Please email me at podcast at yoursellingguide.com. It comes right to my inbox, and I would love to connect and chat more with you. Until next week, happy sourcing.